Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we're covering the best and the worst of CES this year. We also talk about Google invading your home via Nest and some really fancy coffee. Uh, All that and more on tonight's Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 29, recorded January 13th, 2014, on Google's Nest, Oculus Rift 2.0, and the best and worst of CES. Good evening and welcome. This is Don't Panic, the ultimate technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau, now in their respective homes across the nation. Uh, And we're coming to you live, coast to coast, uh, with the latest in technology news uh, right here. Of course, we do the show live uh, every Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific at our website, don'tpanic.io. There you can also get recorded versions after the fact. You should go to our website because it's new and awesome, thanks to Colby and Dan, uh, who have just done an outstanding job of the uh, the new website. And uh, and I do want to mention... better. It does. We have a mobile version now, which looks great. We're, our picks are on each page when you go to look at the show. To be fair, um, we had a mobile version before. It just wasn't very good. Well, you weren't supposed to... <laughs> All right, well, it's great now. Uh, so watch it on your device. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, all of that jazz. I do want to mention, if you're listening live, okay, there is one hour left to enter our Don't Panic mug giveaway. One hour at the end of the show, essentially. It's done. We're going to pick two winners, and this is essentially what you're going to get. It's going to have our logo. It's going to be the nice red, and our say official host. Yours won't because you're not an official host. Uh, maybe you'll say official contest winner or something. I haven't decided yet. But uh, you're, you're going to get a beautiful Don't Panic mug delivered straight to your door, provided you live in the United States. So uh, enter uh, at our Facebook, facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show. And win yourself a free mug. It's free. Who doesn't like free stuff, right? No. Sean, did you get a haircut? I did. Thank you for noticing. And, you know, uh, I went out and I bought a hair dryer. Really? You know, the sort of little quaff I got going in the front here, that's all, there's no product. That's just a, a hair dryer. Oh, dang. And, and it, Yeah, because, you know, I don't like to use product in my hair. It, it gives me a little bit of dandruff, and it, you know how you kind of get that sticky, shiny, I never cared for this. So, no, it turns out you can just get a hair dryer and just, just go at it. That's crazy. Uh, um, thank you, you for don't noticing. You can't use your steamer. You can't use your steamer on <laughs> hair. <laughs> well, the problem is my hair's already wet, so I don't know. Oh. Maybe oh, I'll I dry see. it with the hair dryer and then steam it. <laughs> um, this is why we're a technology podcast and not a hair care uh, podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, for yeah. good reason. So, awesome. uh, glad to be here. Uh, why don't we kick it off? There was a big story that uh, came out today. Um, Google. The what? I said, I said it's Stig Bory. Yes. I, to me, it just sounded like... <laughs> like hilarious, Colby. Um, <laughs> as well, usual. As the world knows, Google has all the money. Want to know how much? How about $55 billion in cash? Well, if you're wondering where they're going to spend it, uh, today they uh, wrote a little check to a company called Nest for $3.2 billion, that's with a B, dollars in pure, cold, hard cash, which I like to imagine was delivered in an armored truck uh, to the Nest headquarters, probably not. Um, as uh, many of you may know or may not know, uh, Nest is uh, the maker of the uh, Nest wall thermometer, and of course... Thermostat is the word you're looking for. Oh, what did I say? Oh, I said thermometer. No, you're right, thermostat. <laughs> and the... Uh, and the, yeah, same. And the uh, Protect, uh, which is their new uh, smoke detector, uh, they were recently valued as high as uh, $2 billion. Uh, and as we said, they were just acquired for $3.2. Um, I'm going to try and pull up the some information here. So I bought, I bought the Nest smoke detector. Did I tell... No, you didn't. That? No. Yeah. How is that? A week or two ago. I mean... It's great. I tested the turn it off without having to get up on a chair and touch it with your hand functionality and the like, mute functionality, which is awesome, uh, which is all I wanted. And it just works. And I think that's the real promise of Nest is that, yeah, it's not that hard to make us... It actually is really hard to make a smoke detector. Like That was probably one of the harder things they could have made because there's all these regulations about smoke detectors and how they work and what they can and cannot do. 
but it's easy to make a thermostat or a smoke detector, but it's not easy to make them work really well and in like a different way that's better and and look really cool and like Apple-y industrial design-wise. So that that's the promise of Nest, and I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about. I'm excited about the Google acquiring thing because hopefully, it's, as they say, and it just means that they have more money and that they can release more than one product every two years. Uh, but I don't know. I, I it, Nest felt good to me because it's like, oh, it's this small company that's doing new innovative things, and I'm giving them money, and it's not Google or Amazon or Microsoft or Facebook. I'm not sure I'd buy a Facebook smoke detector, but, you know, he's, <laughs> he's like, everything's tied into those, and this was just something that wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I feel I, a little weird about it, too. It kind of, like, I don't know. They seem, like, like so successful on their own. Right. Like, why, yeah. did, why did they have to sell out? Well, we're not business. For 3.2 Instagrams. Well, I, <laughs> that's funny. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you, I think the day of the small startup growing to large business is on the verge of being over. I think if I were to start a tech company today, my goal would be to be acquired. Period. I, I, I would not oh. shoot for IPO. I would not shoot for major status because that's just the way there's these big players. You will. Get, no one is surprised that Nest got acquired. Google may be being a surprise, possibly, but, I mean, they were... All these companies are primed for acquisition. But you don't need to... I think this would have been fine on their own, to be honest. Like Maybe eventually, but why not take the money now? These these guys who created it, they used to be Apple engineers, they get folded into Google, they get all kinds of access to all kinds of technology, all the money they could want. You know, I mean, Nest, Nest gets a good home, and that was the other thing I wanted to talk about, why Google bought Nest. Because um, they want to be everywhere. Well, no, but think about it. Google is almost everywhere, but where isn't Google? Your, Your home. home. Exactly. Google TV failed. Remember the Nexus Q, the little ball thing? Mm. Failed. They I wanted that. Out. And they had the Android, didn't they have some, like, a home automation standard that they tried to push? Yes. Around they, along with the Nexus Q? Android at home, I think it was called. Yeah, yes, exactly. I'm really excited about that. And, and Google has been a failure, and as companies learn, when you can't do it yourself, find someone who can. And these guys, let's be honest, are probably one of the best out there doing it. So, to no, me, I, it, I totally it's understand why Google would be interested. You're just I bummed. I do. I do. I I take issue with your your premise that like. If you run a company, you're you should be going to get acquired. Like that's so depressing. It is, that's, but it's that, that paints a bleak picture for our future, Sean. That's not I mean, very America-y. There's going to be one or two America. successes. We, <laughs> America. We just saw Snapchat turn down a huge amount of money. They're going to make a go at being their own company. Yeah, Good for Snapchat's them. Snapchat's like a, a stupid social company. I don't care about that. I mean, like, that <laughs> hardware a real is real company with a real, like, an actual product, a thing that they made that was... But, to be fair, a Nest thermostat is $250. A smoke detector is, what, $130? Mm-hmm. That is not everyday man pricing. When you have a, a one-bedroom apartment, it's okay. You cannot outfit a whole house affordably in Nest products. You can't do it. They're not there yet. I hope Google can help them bring those costs and make them more mainstream. But I think if they had just done it on their own, would they have gotten there eventually? Probably. I mean, they're kind of a leader in the field, but it would have taken a lot longer. We wouldn't see as fast of innovation. And if Google didn't buy them, someone else would have. You know, what if if a utility had bought them, which is a real possibility, or like a Westinghouse or a Honeywell, a company that makes boilers, I mean, that would have sucked. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm trying to stay optimistic, but... I'm ex- I am excited about the uh, possibility of Google doing googly things with Nest data, because Nest promises a lot of stuff, and the, the thermostat works pretty well, and it, like, knows when people are in the house, but I think there's a lot more you could do if you knew the temperature in every room and the patterns. Like that, that plus Google Now gets cool. Yeah. Oh, can anyone hook into Google Now, Colby? Since what? you're now an Android person, can apps just Google Now themselves? 
Can they become uh, Google Now? I have uh, no idea. There, there is quite a bit of stuff in Google Now. Like this morning, I woke up into a notification from Google Now, letting me know that it was going to take like there was a ton of traffic on the way to work, and it but, was going to be a long ride. So you don't know if you could write an app that. Yeah, Dan. Dan, as far as I know, it's it's select developers. It's not an open API. You know, like an open table and apps like that. I think have worked with Google, but I, it's kind of like Siri. It's the same way. It select companies get picked, and then mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe one day an open API, which is a little bit of a bummer, but. It'd also be pretty weird though, because how how does that data uh, manifest itself to a developer? Like, what do you see? Do you just see everything? You're like, here's where this person works, and here's where they travel during the day, and here's their email, and right. here are their right. text messages, here are the TV shows they watch. Is that how I that works? Like, <laughs> I feel well, like it'll more be a, like, you can provide this, I don't know, I don't know how they would do that in an open way. Like, right now, yeah. it's, there's, like, movie recommendations in Google Now is the, the one of the newest one I've seen, and they have, like, sports stuff. And well, I mean, things like that. one of the potentials I could see would be, I'm sure Google has some proprietary weather system, uh, computer system, that if you could connect Nest with the weather in your area and there's a sudden cold snap, your Nest knows. And well, Nest already does that. Does Nest uh, already do that? Yeah. God. I don't know, I don't know how sophisticated it is, but it, it does ask you what your zip code is, and it shows you the outside temperature. Hmm. Based on that. Cool. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I just want them to get the price lower. That That's the only thing. I want to see this go more mainstream, because right now I don't think it is. No, yeah. no, I don't think it is. I mean, it's Apple-y, right? Like, like Dan said, it's not... It's a premium. Right. Do you guys think I'm... they'll keep uh, selling this at the Apple store? The Nest? Oh, I don't know. I I mean, there's, no, there's no reason why Google wouldn't want them to sell it at the Apple store. No, I think Google would want it. I'm saying, does Apple want it? Right. It's uh, it's not like it's a big money maker for I Apple. Think, I think at some point... Like, I bought my smoke detector before. Nest at the Apple store. You what? Right. I bought my Nest smoke detector at the Apple store. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. I well, also hope that Google opens up the Nest API. Because then... It's really interesting because then other things can hook into your Nest stuff. So you could buy like one Nest uh, smoke detector, put it in your entryway, and then you could get notifications whenever the motion detector comes on, which That's would be true. cool. Well, and you know, we, you want to see Nest expand to more products than just these two. You know, a, a Nest door lock, a Nest, you know, just various things around your home. We, we talked about the Internet of Things as we're going to continue to talk about. Yes. Uh, as as we head into our a smooth segue, if ever I heard one, I don't know. Uh, I, I have a small comment. I don't think I would ever want an internet connected door lock. Like I understand the convenience, but I I don't. I, know. I, I, I don't it doesn't need to be. For disaster is so much greater. It it is a gimmick. It's totally at that point. It's a gimmick. There's really you always a, have a key that opens it. No, yeah, but like the the. That it could be opened without the key is the thing that makes me uncomfortable. Ah, yes. Fair enough. That's like door locks aren't aren't that great anyways. Like <laughs> you probably should make them shittier. Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, we'll keep an eye out on that. See how Google does. Now, of course, if you watched last week, we had our biggest show to date, uh, covering. The announcement mania at this year's Consumer Electronics Show, CES. It's finally over uh, after a week of nonstop news. And uh, Dan came up with the wonderful idea of uh, why don't, instead of going through another litany of announcements, because uh, we hit the majority of the big ones last week, there were just a few more, but not super important, uh, for each of us to come up with our favorites of CES this year and what we thought was the worst of CES this year. Um, I am going to uh, jump in and go first, and I think we'll do the three best, and then we'll do our three worst. Okay. Um, and as many viewers know, if you're a regular viewer, uh, I am skeptical when it comes to things of the future, okay? Just ask me about Bitcoin, and you'll understand. Another thing I've been really skeptical on is 3D printing, okay? I don't... I think it's a gimmick, 
and I don't think it'll ever become mainstream. But I'm slowly changing my opinion on that. As new announcements come out, it gets smaller, less expensive, more high quality. I'm slowly changing my mind. One thing I've been waiting for 3D printers to do. I want them to print me food. Because that's the future, right? That's the future. And like the, the Jetsons and all that, you push the button and food comes out. Yes! It, that's what, that is the one thing I've been waiting for. And luckily, uh, it was announced that uh, a company called Chef Jet um, announced their uh, 3D printer at CES. Now, um, this 3D printer uh, prints candy out of sugar. Uh, so you're kind of limited, uh, you know, if you don't have a sweet tooth, it's not for you. Uh, but it is one of the world's first. It uses a combination of sugar and water. Um, and look at these cool shapes it can make. Let's see if I can get it better. So th this is candy that was 3D printed, uh, <laughs> all using. And if you get the more expensive model, you can do color. Otherwise, it's just uh, white. And it can print all kinds of in intricate shapes, shapes inside of shapes. Um, and really cool things. Now, I know it's not the most practical thing. It's not for everybody. But this signals to me that we are on our way to food being printed in 3D. And what's great is, uh, Colby, you throw this you threw this in the dock. I hadn't actually seen this. I had, I had a tertiary link, which was not actually announced at CES, but... Uh, I'm just happy to see it. ...shown to me and it actually prints food. Like, the screenshot, the, like, pictures they have are it's printing a pizza, which, I mean, it looks disgusting, but holy shit. Well, they make like, ravioli, and... It looks like a little Celeste. It does. You know, so yeah. obviously, here's, here in this picture, this is, uh, I believe this what is ravioli is that, that they 3D printed. Again, we're very early in the process, but if there's anything that's going to get me excited for 3D printing, it's food. <laughs> because I don't need little plastic toys that I can print at home, okay? That I don't want. But food, you've got me. So to me, what got me really excited about CES was uh, 3D food printing uh, being sent to the masses. So... Uh, that was my excitement. Not necessarily the most high tech thing, but uh, I want candy and I want a candy shape like my head or something. I don't know. Um, uh, in addition to, there was a great. We didn't talk about it, but there was a great 3D scanner as well that came out at CES. Uh, so 3D's getting there. I'm excited. Uh, all right, who wants to go uh, next with their with their best stuff? I wanted to go next because you transitioned in the Internet of Things, but then you didn't talk about a thing of the Internet. Well, I, Dan, I'm going to be quite honest with you. You you posted this. In the document, I don't understand what it is. Okay. So I couldn't transition to it. All right. Well, I'll transition to it. I'm confused easily. All right. So I'm going to share my screen because they have a nice, pretty website. So it's this thing called Canary, which is located at the URL canary.is. And this wasn't announced, like, to the knowledge of no one in the world at CES, but it was there, and that's how I heard about it. And basically, it's this little tower, little cylinder thing. It's They bill it as a smart home security device, but that's really only half of what it does. So it has HD video camera, uh, motion sensors, temperature sensors, air quality, vibration, sound, activity sensor, as if those other things didn't cover activity. And basically what you do is you plop this thing down somewhere, like in your living room, or in front of your door, or in your bedroom, or in all of those places, and they network together, and it reports on all of those things. So you can see the humidity, it can send you uh, push notifications when there's unexpected activity in your house, because it knows when you're normally not there, and then you can just turn on the video camera and see what's happening. Uh, and a lot like Nest, to me this looks like one of those things. Here it is. Looks like there's some movement at home. Are you expecting anyone? Uh, you can call. You can trigger a siren, or you can look at the the video. Uh, so a lot like Nest, you could do this. I've thought about building this for months now with like a Raspberry Pi and some electronic parts from Amazon. 
But, like, this is so cool. It's $200, which is pretty reasonable for a 720p camera and all the stuff you get, plus the service. Uh, and it just it appears like it would work just does everything I want for home security. Uh, I don't know if that call button is to call, like, uh, some, like, alarm center like the other alarm companies do or, or what, but that would be cool. But it just it looks like it does what I want, and it's so much easier <clears throat> than building it myself. It's way better than having some stupid webcam that I go to an IP address to look at, and maybe it has some silly motion detection, but I don't know if it's that great, and what it sends me an email, you know? It's like, this is way better. So it's canary.is. Does that explain it to you, Sean? That, it makes much more sense. It, you know, I'm a fan of the shiny website when you scroll and it looks pretty, but I needed more information and they didn't give it to me, but you did. What's funny is I've been away from my apartment here for a month, mm-hmm. and I actually took an old laptop of mine, plugged in a, a, a USB webcam, installed some generic software, and had it set up to motion detect. Well, every single day when the sun would come up, at, uh-huh. at exactly about 9.30 in the morning, the light would change enough to, to make the focus on the camera go off. So the motion sensor was essentially useless because every day at exactly 9.30 and then again when the sun was setting like around 3.30, it would set off. So I had all these files of all these, all these recordings of just the light changing. So I, I absolutely agree that um, a, it's all about, we talked about this, it's about simplicity. It, it's not about being, it's not about building Raspberry Pi because your average person isn't going to do that. So... This looks like a really great solution for someone who needs a simple way to uh, do security in their home. Yeah, and if you ever wanted to, like, prove to your landlord, like, oh, man, like, the heat turns off, or when I get up in the morning, the heat, it's like 14 degrees in here, you can show them the graph, and that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Or it's just too dry or too humid, or you can, you know, yeah. Yeah, and we've talked about how important data is, you know, and I, I think mm-hmm. this is a great going to be a great source of that for people to really look at um, and be able to use over time. So, uh, that's cool. 199, canary.is. Yep, and they can network together. Oh, neat. You get multiple. So, nice, you can get them for your whole house. Yeah. Alright, uh, Colby, uh, you are uh, going to the kitchen? Let's see. I've been... I've been um... I've been thinking about kitchen things a lot lately for whatever reason, uh, but apparently I'll, I'll share my thing. But apparently uh, at CES, Whirlpool announced um, a touchscreen kitchen surface. Uh, this is what it looks like. I don't think there's any more pictures. Yeah, that's it. And this is, like, super early prototype. I don't think it even touches, like, I don't know if this screen even touches, really. Maybe it does a little. But it's clearly, like, a projection right now, which is, like, weird. Uh, But basically the idea is it's, like, you know, like a computer kind of thing. Like, it's a touchscreen surface, but it's also one of those induction, like, stovetops. So uh, if you don't know what that is... Basically, it uses like science to um, you buy you buy special pans, <laughs> and the stovetop like it 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 uh, like excites the molecules in the pan, and that's how it heats heats the pan. But it doesn't actually like the surface itself doesn't get hot at all. So the the only heat is it just heats the pan itself without heating anything else. That was the first thing I thought of when I saw this picture, was that lady's going to burn her hand. I, yeah, yes. I just thought so, that too. I'm glad that the, the surface is not hot. Right. So, like, the pan will get hot, and, like, under the pan would probably be hot a little because the pan's hot. But um, if you, like, you can, like, touch the stovetop, and it'll be fine. And you can use, like, you have, you know, essentially infinite space. You're not limited to, like, four burners because who wants to be limited to four burners? Uh, but then so, it's also so this like, is like Microsoft Surface, the original Microsoft Surface, the interesting yeah, but cool a stove. one, but a stove, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was cool. 
No, that is... I, yeah. I, you know, I like the fact that it's a projection, which is a lot more affordable and safe and convenient than using a screen or something. And the fact that I think the kitchen is a really great place for something like this, um, with, where you have large flat surfaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, so that's 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 neat. Actually, thinking about it more, though, I feel like it could still get hairy. Like you're supposed to be touching the thing that has all the the hot stuff on it, it could get weird. Yeah, and putting a projector that has to ingest air above a stove, which is constantly <laughs> spewing <laughs> polluted, smoky, grimy air. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they could do do something clever and have the projector not right above the stove. That's funny. Mirrors or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, good. Hopefully we see... You know how CES is, though. You see all these prototypes, but... Uh, yeah, you never know. Mm-hmm. The smart folks over at Whirlpool. Uh, Alright, well, now that we've talked about what we liked about CES, why don't we talk a little bit about <laughs> what we didn't like so much. Uh, I am, again, going to jump in and go first. Um, so, there were a couple uh, cell phone companies making an announcement. We talked about AT&T uh, completely ruining net neutrality for everybody. Um, there was also T-Mobile who announced they're going to pay your uh, early termination fees if you come and hang out with them. Um, well, Sprint did not want to stay out of the picture, so they announced the Framley plan. That's right, you heard me correct. The Framley plan. Okay. What that is, it, is it's a horrific mashup of the words friend and family. Okay, <laughs> So here's how it works. Guys, Colby, Dan, let's say... We're not related. We're not family. So we can't be on a family plan, right? Even though technically we could be. I don't know what stops you, but okay, so we can't. (laughs) So what Sprint says is, what if we pooled ourselves together? So the way this works is uh, the initial line is $55 a month, but each user takes $5 off the price of every line until they reach the maximum discount of $30 per line. So, for example, a group of seven people can score unlimited talks, text, and a gig of data for $25 a month per line. Each line is billed individually and allows each user to manage and customize their own plans without going through the central account holder. So confusing. Exactly. So here my, here's why I picked this as one of my worst of CES. And there were many bad things, but this was my worst. One, the name is frankly horrific. <laughs> Framley. That's like something I would come up with. It's just... Come on, guys. Like, really, you've just given up. Uh, two, the concept is difficult to understand and complicated. Uh, three, nobody really even wants to go to Sprint, so I don't know how awesome this is going to be in getting people to come to your service. I feel, I feel like Sprint's coverage is worse than T-Mobile. It is. It is, actually. Um, and, and Sprint isn't uh, innovating as fast as T-Mobile is. Colby, are you T-Mobile now? Yeah. It's okay. Oh, you sounded pretty but disappointed there. It's noticeably worse than AT&T. So. No, wow. It's not like, not to say that it's worse. Like, where I have service, it's great. I just have service. I, ha- I have good service in less places. But, like, the LTE is awesome. No, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no complaints. It's easy. Like, it's easy to deal with. Like, I could cancel any time I want, which is nice. Yeah, that's nice. Low commitment. Yeah. So, uh, so Sprint, thanks for playing. Nice try. But uh, I think the, the family, they announced today that when, uh, what was it, T-Mobile came out with Jump, Verizon came out, no, AT&T came out with Next, and whatever Verizon, where you can more quickly upgrade your phone. Uh, Sprint announced theirs one month ago. They shut it down today because there was so no interest. So... Uh, we'll have to see how long the family plan. Uh, oh my God, that's so bad. <laughs> oh, I just oh, just saying. You're say like, it again. Ooh. Say it again. Fram, family plan. <laughs> family plan. Just ugh. okay. I can't oh. say it anymore. Um, Dan. Yes, sir. It looks sir. like you have the uh, future to because video chatting is so difficult it on is, an like... iPad. Yeah, iPads totally weren't built for this. Clearly. Are you listening, Apple? So so tell us, what is the solution, Dan? Honestly, I'm not even sure I understand. 
so here's this thing. It looks, it kind of resembles a periscope in real life, and it appears that uh, it's designed to make the person look closer or taller. I don't really know. Uh, for starters, uh, I don't even know. You're now looking straight ahead and not down. I see. So it uses mirrors and puts the image further up uh, towards where your eyes would be rather than down at an iPad. Because you don't want to be like this, right, talking to somebody? Right. Where you're, where you're looking at them from down here. You instead want to be at eye level. Yeah. And it also does something with the camera to, like, receive your image in a certain way, too. Which is, I guess, is really cool, but it defeats the whole point of video chatting on an iPad. We have laptops that are easily placed on services at eye level, and probably better cameras. And if you're really hardcore, you can use uh, an Xbox or a PlayStation, really, if you really need an eye-level big yeah. camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll also point out that the app... Uh, that ships with this uh, monstrosity has a teleprompter function where a narrow yeah. strip of text will appear uh, inside as you record a video. Michael so, Bay should have had that. Michael, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize it needed an app. What is, else does the app do? Does how does do you have? Can you only like video chat with other people who have that app then? No, it's it's for so you can record video. So it doesn't teleprompter while you're chatting. Oh, I see. Okay. So, I mean, so I guess if you're going to buy that big thing, you might as well. Might as well. I will say the like I think the worst part about most every video chat client is that you can't hide your picture in the fucking corner. <laughs> like it's it's incredibly distracting and like I think that like that makes it it makes it feel so much less real. Like it, at work we have like this all the Cisco things for video chatting and like those I think by default they don't show your picture and it's great cuz like at first it's off-putting cuz you're video chatting and you can't look at yourself instead of the other person but then then you just look at the other person and it feels so much more natural. Because mm-hmm. you don't see this, like, you moving in the corner. Like, you don't have to look at yourself to, like, make sure you're not doing anything weird. <laughs> that's that's all that's I do. I and, like, I've never, I've never used a consumer video chat thing that let you do it. Like, I would even accept being able to make it incredibly tiny. Like, I understand it's useful for it to be there, like, so you know if you're actually recording video or something, but I hate it. I hate it a lot. Ooh. Well, I know all I do during this show is stare at myself, so I know uh, that we need that. And actually, Colby, you know, if you if you look uh, with this device, when you look straight ahead, you don't really see yourself. You're kind of hidden down below. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's, maybe this that's is for you. You gotta get the iPad Periscope, man. You gotta get the iPad, Colby. How much would you pay for this? Uh, seventeen dollars. Seventeen. <laughs> and like a tag sale or something. So plus tax is not over twenty. I think that's, that's what he's going cheap. for. That's a little steep. I think like, I mean maybe if I happen to have seventeen dollars in cash, I wouldn't use a credit card for that though. No, it would be All like right. changing my pocket. Well, Colby, uh, it's going to cost you one hundred and fifty dollars. So. Absolutely not. No, he's he's good. Thank you. You're getting a nest smoke detector for that. This, yeah, this amazing webcam cost me like what? It was like fifty bucks. That's fuck that shit. <laughs> All right, Colby, it's would you say rating? Yeah, that's exactly. We <laughs> earn it. Um. All right. Uh. Dan. You yeah. and I, you and I are gonna. I may not agree with you to put this under the worst of CES, but I want you to explain it first. So this is uh, LG's home chat. I didn't put that under. Oh, Colby, I'm sorry. What? Colby, your worst pick. I'm sorry, I got confused. Colby, defend yourself. Oh, yeah. This yeah. the fucking texting your washing machine. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, are you oh, this is really bad, Sean. No, so I'm dumb. First, but think about it. So I'm, I'm. We've, I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm, I'm all about like 
you know, connecting to your home. I like data and graphs and stuff. But I think, like, I don't, I can't imagine any way to make it more useless than to make it an instant message chat. Like, I want things that, that engage me, not things I have to engage myself. That's such, it's so dumb. I don't, like, who, who over there is like, you know what we can do? Text messages. Like, where are they selling these things that people don't have a, a goddamn smartphone that can do stuff like they're not selling it anywhere. I don't, I don't know, man. It's it seems like a cop out. Here's my problem with it, Sean. Yeah. Under what circumstance would you engage your washing machine actively in anything when you're not standing right in front of it? You need to put right. soap in it. You need to put your clothes in it. Are you gonna put the soap and the clothes in, leave, and then turn it on? It's like okay. the only thing you need to know from your washing machine is when it's done, and it can easily tell you that without you doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> it has <laughs> notifications built in. Right. <laughs> and if, it, if I'm not there, I don't really care if my clothes are done. I clearly can't do anything about it anyways. <laughs> it, it, like, instant messaging is such a, like, it's such a, like, compromise of the 90s, like, it's it, like we gave up. Like we had to live with it being crappy, but you could instant, like you could instant message anyone right away. Like that's why it was cool. But we don't live in the '90s anymore. It's it's like not the future. Some of us and still live also, in the '90s. Also, typing on a keyboard is hard. It's okay. hard. I mess up all the time. All right, slow down. All right, take a breath. All right, here's why I don't think this is the worst thing. Okay. We have said it a zillion times on the show. How do you get complicated electronic concepts to go mainstream? Make it simple, make it approachable. We learned WebOS. We learned people don't activate their smart TVs because they don't understand it. So how do you make... What's An internet-connected washing machine, to me, sounds complicated. And I know a lot about technology. So what makes it easy and approachable? When you can just go on your phone, text like you do all the time to your washing machine and say, uh, hey, you know, uh, schedule a look. Because you, okay, here's what one. What are you going to tell it, though? Because Here, here's an example of how this would work, right? You put Does your. It load itself? Can no, you, well, like, text cool. it and be like, go get no. my laundry out of my, out of my I room? Have an ex- I have an example of when you would use this. So okay. before you go to work, you put your dirty clothes in the washer, you put soap in the machine, and you leave for the day. Then 30 minutes before you come home, because you don't want to leave wet clothes in your washer all day. So 30 minutes before you come home, you text your washing machine in plain English, no apps, no complicated, just in plain English like you do to everyone else. Can you run a cycle? And it says, sure, and it gives you a little smiley face saying, you know what? We may think that's dumb, but I honestly think this is something my mom would use. I really How, why, do. Then why why not just have an app that you literally open and press the button that says start? Because you already text. An app is a new thing you have to learn. Especially if this thing understands plain English well and just can you start a load? You know, preheat the oven to 450. If you can just type that in in two seconds and now send it. Now that makes sense. That makes sense. The washing machine doesn't make sense. Well, I agree. It's not... Oven. That'd be awesome. Or an air conditioner or heater might make more sense. Or an sense. air conditioner or a heater. Nest already does that. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you have to remember, this is LG is doing this right now uh, in Korea, and, uh, you know, so it's obviously not necessarily perfect for the U.S., but in concept alone, it sounds really stupid. I'm not going to disagree, but I'm going <laughs> to give this one a little more credit. That's all, that's all I'll say. That's all I say. And I would love to have a fridge that texts me smiley faces. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you that's can't. the thing. Like, it, it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even... <laughs> no, no, you're right. No, you're right. So, okay. <laughs> that's fine. Thank you. So th- that was the, uh, the best and the worst of uh, CES this year. We have a, f- a few quick CES stories, and then we're going to get to our picks. Um, a few things I wanted to mention. Uh, the... Uh, do you guys remember the Polaroid TV they announced before CES? 4K for under a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. From Polaroid. Oh, there've been a couple of those now, right? Well, it's interesting because this shows. So we we first Polaroid was the first to announce. They said 50 inches, a thousand dollars. Okay. Well, <laughs> people finally got to see it at CES, and unsurprisingly, it's terrible. 
<laughs> There's, quote, a distinct lack of pop, uh, color strobing, jagged, noisy pixels. Uh, overall, while it is 4K, it's not a good panel. However, Vizio also announced a 4K TV at $9.99. Reviewers said that was one of the best televisions they saw at CES, even compared to televisions that were twice as much. Just goes to show, brand name does matter, and when you buy a cheap TV, you get a cheap product. So, keep that in mind. I don't have anything else to say outside that. Don't um, don't buy it. Don't buy a TV from instant photography company Polaroid. There are also <laughs> companies making smaller 4K <laughs> TVs that are like five hundred dollars, and those are also really bad. Yeah, you, well, you I read you, all about them this week. You get what you pay for, and and you know Vizio is is kind of an exception. Um, but in general, you know, 4K is going to be expensive. It's new. Don't don't think you can. You know, even this black past Black Friday, they had Seiko had 4K TVs for under a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah. But but why would you ever buy that? You know, that what a waste. Um, let's see what else. Uh, other quick stories. Um, PlayStation announced their PlayStation Now Cloud Gaming mm. Initiative. Um, which is interesting. It's uh, Colby was a big proponent of uh, on on live, right? Was that what it was? Yeah, it's still yeah. a thing. I logged in the other day. I can still play uh, games. The company that uh, would stream games over the net, uh, well, PlayStation acquired a. Uh, how do you Gakai? 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 I'm not good at pronouncing. <laughs> Framily. Uh, so, uh, when they bought that cloud gaming technology, uh, right now the way this works is it's games in the cloud. The game is played on the remote server, uh, so you can play it on devices, PS4, PS3, PlayStation Vita, and even televisions, tablets, and smartphones. It streams the game, uh, and it's played on the remote server. Uh, Sony is doing a closed beta at the end of this month, and hopefully more broadly by the end of the summer. Uh, it's initially going to be rolled out on PlayStation 4 and 3, followed by the Vita and most 2014 U.S. models of their Bravia TVs. Uh, all you need to play is um, a controller uh, <laughs> when it comes to the TVs. Um, yeah, that's mostly it. Well, the, it got really good reviews, too, at least in the environment that it was played in at CES. Yeah, they said... I can't, Although, not, maybe I'm thinking of... No, I, I'm sorry. I was trying to, because I know they said about how much bandwidth you would need to really make it, and how much latency you would need, uh, but I, I'm... I'm 4K. That's the, exactly, and I just realized that, which is 15 megabits. Um, so I don't know for this initially, but uh, at least... Less than the, that, because it's not 4K. <laughs> right, thank goodness. But it's the latency, really, that's the problem, not necessarily uh, how quickly they can get that signal out. But early reviews said it's good. It'll be interesting to see. Um... How yeah, well if this I'm works. just gonna play like a single player game, like any strategy game or any like party game. Mm -hmm. As long as it's not like super competitive multiplayer, I would totally do that. If it was just like twenty bucks a month, Netflix, go at it. All PS3 and like PS2 and PS1 games, just go for it. That would be amazing. Yeah, and the advantage is as well, legacy titles as well from your PS1 or yeah. PS2 uh, because it's on the server they don't have to worry about formats and things like that so uh, PlayStation Now um, let's see any other we're going to skip some of this um, a few really quick stories Belkin announced their Wemo Smart Slow Cooker uh, which was one of my favorite things of uh, CES that actually also kind of makes sense as an internet-connected thing. It weirdly, like, as something you want to monitor and be able to turn on remotely, a slow cooker yeah. makes sense. Uh, they also... Uh, and the slow cooker is going to be $99 in the spring of 2014. It connects over Wi-Fi using the Wemo app. Yeah, that's it. Very affordable. Um, although... I didn't uh, think I needed a slow cooker, but maybe I do. Until just now. <laughs> <laughs> they also showed off uh, a Mr. Coffee smart coffee maker and a Holmes smart humidifier, all using uh, the Belkin Wemo standard. See, uh, all those make sense. That's cool. That they do. So, Belkin, keep an eye out for their Wemo products. Uh, let's see. New Belkin. Oculus Rift? New Oculus Rift. Yeah, let's talk about New Oculus Rift. The Oculus Rift... Crystal. Now, this is a uh, Crystal Cove. This is a prototype, um, but Oculus has really gone for it. The biggest note things you're going to notice are a new OLED display replacing the traditional LCD screens. 
has a lower latency. Uh, it can more it can uh, respond more quickly to movements and has and, better blacks, right? Better dark yes. colors. Yeah. Yep. And the other big change is that uh, the Crystal Cove now uses a camera to track over two dozen infrared dots on the headset, which gives uh, an even better uh, picture of your movement, including leaning and crouching, uh, which apparently it couldn't do as well before. Uh, so it can better track your movement. Um, and this is uh, higher resolution too, right? It's less of yeah, that. It's supposed to be like 1080p now, right? Yeah, yep. less of that staring through a a uh, screen door, sort of. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Indeed. Yeah. So so Dan and I both got a chance to try out the the fir- their first developer device, uh, the Oculus Rift or whatever. Or is it still the Oculus Rift? I don't know. But I think it is still the Oculus Rift. Yeah, the one that's yeah. available today, yeah. Right, right. And, I mean, it was pretty freaking cool. But it was like, I mean, it was super low res. It was like, you know, it was very beta-y. But it was very neat. And I, I understand, so, like, from from the article I saw, they did a lot of work to, like, reduce latency and, and bump the resolution because it, like, you kind of got to... Like, it gives you a certain amount of motion sickness because it's, like, it's almost real, but it's, like, it lags a little bit behind your, like, I don't know, like, real life. So it kind of makes you, like, dizzy, Um, which I think you get used to after a little while. I think, the the, to be honest, the weirdest part is that, like, it's so real that you want to, like, walk and you can't (laughs) walk. Yeah. Because... You're in a room, yeah. But it, it's really cool. It is like really cool. You know, I I also had an opportunity. Gosh, probably a couple months ago, I had an op- I got to try it, um, and it was really cool. But the first thing I noticed right away was if this is going to be immersive, it needs to be a higher res screen. So, um, well, yeah. I mean, I think that was always their plan. Right. That that for that one, it wasn't a priority. And that's what's great is that they they are innovating. So uh, early, those who got to try it at CES said it was a uh, a huge improvement and a really exciting product. So uh, we'll have to hope, wait and see if 2014 is the year we get a uh, Oculus to go mainstream. Um, other quick CES stuff. Um, I don't think any of this is particularly important. Uh. Colby, you'll like this. Panasonic and Firefox are bringing Firefox OS to the television. Get excited, people. Uh, Although, don't get too excited, because those will not be coming to the U.S. Anytime soon. They they didn't say never, but not anytime soon. Uh, All they've done is announce that they've partnered. Uh, There's no uh, sample of this running on any television. It's merely an announcement, but I thought I'd put that in because we know Colby is our uh, number one uh, fan for, for I mean, everybody our, loves the internet, right? Our Firefox OS correspondent, Colby Rabideau. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, move on from CES. Uh, if you're interested in more CES coverage, uh, Google it. And with that, uh, let's move on to our picks this week. Uh, and we've got a couple great ones. I'm going to jump in first. Uh, I chose something from CES, and it's one of those things where I looked at it, and I said, why hasn't someone thought of that before? One of those ideas that immediately made sense to me. And it's not for everybody, but it's really a good idea. So, Colby, do, is uh, the Moto X expandable? Does it have an SD card slot? Uh, I don't think so. And there's your problem. I have a uh, an iPhone. It's not expandable. And how many people really spend the extra to get the 64 gigabyte model? Well, as cameras get better and apps get bigger, storage is a problem. And there's nothing you can do about it until now. So Mophie, who has been a case maker for uh, a long time, uh, known for their battery packs, all of their cases had built-in batteries that would extend the life of your phone. Uh, While Mophie did uh, what everyone was waiting for someone to do, they updated their juice pack uh, line of cases into what is now known as the space pack, so they contain a battery and 
contain extra storage in the case. The cases come in 16 and 32 gigabyte varieties, and uh, it comes with their uh, app called Space, which allows you to organize the files. Um, it'll be 150 for the 16 gig model and 179 for the 32 gigabyte model. Now, again, this isn't for everybody, but I think it's a really smart idea. I think it'll sell really well, and I think it's a great solution for anyone who is opted for the 16 gigabyte and regretted it. I'll put it that way. I have a, uh, like how to I'm I'd be interested to see how that works. Like I mean, I can't imagine that's going to be very seamless on an iPhone. Like it's not going to be like boom, you have more space. It's going to be like this app. I don't even think uh, iPhones can support any external storage. They well, they they can to a degree. As far as I know, how this works, and the reason you have to use their app is because it does things like accesses your camera roll, so you can move your photos. It can yeah. you you'd have to go and pull. It's like using Dropbox, for example, on your phone. It's kind of the same concept where you can pull files in. It's not going to be the easiest experience. I I right. genuinely think that. But I think for the small amount of people who really like, if you were going on a vacation and were only taking your phone as your camera, might not be a bad option. Or as um, your only computer. It's absolutely true. And you may need it if you... Music or video. Uh, the only thing that bugs me is that it is a case, so in two years when you get a new phone... It might not fit. Yeah, exactly. And these are not cheap. But I think it's a cool idea, and I'm excited to see uh, the reviews when this comes out. Uh, they go on sale March 14th uh, from Mophie, uh, who does battery cases in their new space pack. Uh, so check that out. That's my pick. Uh, cool. Colby. Let's get uh, organized. What 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 is this? Colby. Colby's computer is combusting. There it looks like. Do you want me? Do you, do you want me to throw it to Dan, or you got it? What? Well, I I don't know what you said, my my. Uh... Dan, uh, your pick this week. Okay. All right. Because who doesn't uh, love coffee? What is? <laughs> oh my! What the hell is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Sean's upset. I I'm recently confused. I recently completed my transition to wannabe Brooklynite, and <laughs> got a Chemex coffee maker. For Christmas, uh, so I don't know if there are any pictures down here that describe how this works. But basically, you put uh, these circular filters and you fold them up and you stick them in this top part here, and then you pour uh, finely ground coffee in there, and then you pour some water in. You let it breathe. There's a word for it. Bloom. You let the grounds bloom, and then you basically just pour the water over. Hence the term "pour over," which is this type of brewing. And then it filters out into the bottom, and you end up with this coffee that is more akin to tea than coffee. So, if you so, I was never all that into regular coffee because it was just too acidic and too biting. Whereas this is like a much smoother experience, uh, even compared to something like an Aeropress. Uh, what, what, apparently what really sets it apart are the filters, the Chemex branded filters that are, I don't know what they do, but they really cut out the, uh, the stuff that makes coffee really acidic, and that's how you get that nice flavor. It says on their website it's 20 to 30% heavier than competitive brands and removes even the finest sediment particles as well as undesirable oils and fats. Yeah, you don't end up with, actually that's a good point, I've noticed this but never really remarked on it, you don't end up with any grounds in it at the end, whereas like any, even like, you know, a good drip coffee maker, you'll end up with some schmutz there, technical term. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's really great. It's like, you know, 30 bucks, and then you get some, a pack of like 100 filters is $20, I think, and off you go, and it's a really cheap way to make coffee and get into like the whole grinding coffee thing and trying different grinders and stuff like that. So... Uh, that's my pick, chemexcoffeemaker.com. Also on sale and on display at the Museum of Modern Art. Really? Yeah. These are really beautiful. 
Yeah. Um, nice wooden uh, heat spacers and everything. Oh, yeah. Very cool. All right. Can, can you control this with your smartphone? You cannot. That's part of the Brooklyn charm, I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wonderful. Hipster Dan, everybody. All right. Uh, Colby. Uh, uh, see? Let's, uh, let's get a little organized here. What is... Uh, what what is this you've brought for us? Uh, so I I, as most of you know, I, I recently switched to Android as my primary device, um, and I used to use Sunrise for iOS as my calendar app, uh, which was cool because it brought a bunch of things together. Uh, but Sunrise is not on Android, at least as far as I know. I'm pretty sure it's not. So I had to find something new. Uh, and what I found was any do, any dot do, I don't know, like A-N-Y dot D-O, uh, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I guess I'll show you guys. Maybe. Just kidding, I will. <laughs> uh, so it's neat. They have this nice little, uh, video that plays on their website. But it's, it's actually a suite of apps, so they, they, I believe they started with, like, a task app which I kind of like in its own right. It's cool. It, like, asks you every every morning at, like, 9 o'clock, or you can set the time, but it'll it'll ask you, like, what do you want to do today, uh, which is kind of neat. Like, I have it set for when I'm on the bus to work, so it asks me, and I can, like, come up with some things to do. Uh, but they also have a calendar, which is really cool. It's, it's really nice-looking, uh, like, super flat and cool. And it, they put these pretty pictures behind all your things. Uh, and I like it a lot. It, you know, works with your Google Calendar. Uh, and apparently they also have a mail app coming soon, which I'm looking forward to because the uh, stock Android mail app is not great. And the alternatives I've found so far are also not great, bordering on worse. <laughs> so, Yeah. That's that's my pick. If you need a calendar for Android, check it out. This is why it's nice having an Android guy on the show. So <laughs> we're, we're not iPhone only. We're not biased. And that is available for iOS, by the way. Yeah. Is uh, it? Yes. Yep. Well, their website says so. So uh, cool. if you are on iOS, we're including you as well. So uh, wow. so check it out. Uh, any dot do do. Very good. All right. Wow, we got through a, uh, a heck of a show here. Uh, we made a good time. We did. We did. We hustled. Uh, well, I didn't think anyone really wanted to hear about, you know, texting on your Galaxy Gear, the Bluetooth cassette, uh, you know. The Bluetooth cassette is awesome. The Bluetooth cassette is cool, but it's it combines two great technologies, but I feel like something just feels wrong about that. I, I don't know <laughs> what, but I just don't feel it, it good. Seems- like, why get that when you can get one of the ones with the cord for, like, $7, and it probably works even better? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't doubt that at all. But just the fact that someone took the time to make that is pretty great. <laughs> yes. Um, well, we thank all of you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our coverage of CES this year. Uh, maybe next year we'll be there in person. though. No, probably not, but you never know, but probably not. Uh. But uh, we hope we brought you all the news. Uh, we love feedback. Please give it to us. Give it to us uh, at uh, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com and, of course, on our Facebook page always, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow. Uh, let's see, the website, don'tpanic.io. It's great. Uh, you should go there. Uh, and there you'll get links to all of our old episodes, live episodes when they're live. Uh, and, of course, links to our RSS feed. And uh, iTunes as well. Subscribe. Uh, that's how I get the show, and I'm on it. So I think if it's good enough for me, I think it's good enough for you. So uh, subscribe. Get it right away uh, when it gets put up on the feed. And I know these guys worked hard to uh, to get the feed nice and shiny and working well with iTunes. So uh, make their work not in vain. And less annoying so you can get it faster. Yes. So uh, definitely subscribe. It's the best way to go. Um do you guys have anything else before we uh, send it off? Mm, no. Okay. No. 
Well, that's good. Well, we hope you all enjoyed the show this week. Uh, we will be back next Monday with uh, a whole host of technology stories. Uh, but until then, we'll wish you all a uh, wonderful good night. Bye.